0: hey what's up this is anthony frieda thanks for listening to the podcast so yeah this is take two this is but is is my podcast yeah you'll hear a bunch of uh rants and uh raw just opinion that's just terrible listen the podcast is about me sitting behind my drum set, talking about music, talking about culture, also talking to guests, sometimes musicians, sometimes comedians, sometimes creative artists, whatever. Not whatever, you idiot. See what I'm going to deal with? He's a pretty good drummer, though. This is, him play- or this is me playing drums on this track. Not bragging. Anyway, this episode is about me um, and my background in percussion and my uh, current days as, uh, as a drummer in the profession and my experience... So I do a lot of playing, or a little bit of playing, whatever. Either way, enjoy. Ba-dum-ps. All right. So I'm a drummer. Been playing for almost 20 years. Uh, percussionist, too. Went to college and did all that classical stuff, you know? Timpani and marimba, and triangle, believe it or not. Believe it or not, the triangle is quite a challenging instrument. Like, no joke. Uh, The level of sensitivity and touch you need for that instrument, man. And um, some of the times that you have to hit that triangle, it is some of the quietest moments in music. Uh, Very, very, very exposed. And it's one of those things where you, you might have to hit the triangle, man, like... Three times, in in two measures, Um, and it's very important to the piece of music. You know, if you think about being a in a symphony orchestra or something, and that triangle, you know what I mean. You hear it, but it's not like the most noticeable in your face sound. But if you don't hit it, you're fired. If you miss it, you're done. Goodbye. Get another guy seriously actually um I've that's happened to me in rehearsals where I like went to hit it this very delicate you know triangle hit <laughs> and it's like so exposed and you miss it or something like that it's it's a it's a very nerve-wracking instrument actually um you know what else is actually cla- cla- classically speaking is the 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 crash cymbals you know two one um one cymbal in each hand there's an actual technique to this crash cymbal uh Thing um if you hit him flat on, it just sounds like <laughs> you know it's not like the Ksh! that you need that beautiful, brilliant kind of Whoosh! you know, uh, so yes, yeah, so you have to practice that shit. I know people like go, Oh, you know, I was in band and uh years ago, and i and I played the triangle, yeah, I'm not good, like and some of the best percussionists in the world uh can rip. At the triangle, and you know what actually another instrument that is again like really difficult, people think it's oh let's give it to our you know the guy who can't play that well, let's give him the tambourine well, let's give her the tambourine she she's she sucks, he sucks whoever it is, um they just want to be part of it, so give him the tambourine, a decca check tick check a okay uh, so not that type of tambourine when there's a hole in the middle, but the tambourine that you ever see the tambourine that has like a drum head on it. Uh, so that type of tambourine and you're supposed to hold it flat ish. And, uh, you, you kind of tap it with your, with your fingers or with your hand. And there's all these techniques to like, you could do a tambourine roll, which is here. I have, I have drums in front of me, by the way, welcome to the podcast. This is, uh, the dump is I'm a drummer. I'm sitting right behind a drum set. I just have a mic. So anyway, back to the tambourine. Um, imagine a tambourine roll, right? Kind of like, right? But, you know, usually you would shake the tambourine, right? To get it kind of like rattling. But sometimes that is so damn loud because you're playing with maybe like, maybe the part in the piece is being played with, um, alongside of a, a, a passage with flutes and clarinets, some upper woodwinds, and, or, or some violins, and it's just super, super, super delicate, and, I mean, he's that word again, exposed. Um, you, as the percussionist, have the uh, the power, unfortunately, because <clears throat> uh, it's not good power, it's scary power, to be the loudest thing in the room, if you're not delicate. So, with that tambourine, anyway, because it's so damn loud, to, to shake it and go, and do that rattle, th- these, these motherfuckers, they're so good, they'll they'll uh, lick their finger, their middle finger, and then they'll push their finger and sort of like rub the, the. <clears throat> excuse me, the drum head. I've been fighting a cold for the last two days, by the way. Happy Halloween, everybody. My Halloween was inside nursing a cold. All right, back to the story. Um, yeah, they would rub their finger on the head and create this friction, which would create this like rubbing. I, I'm going to try to do it on my, on my... kind of like that. I don't know if you could hear that. You probably can't. But it, anyway, so they would do that on the tambourine. In between playing, they'll play like... I mean, it's insane. And I had to practice that shit, man. It was, it was quite challenging. So anyway, so I have that background too. Uh, I went on a whole tangent already about uh, nerding out about uh, <clears throat> classical percussion. I'm going to be uh, coming off the mic for a second just a cough. <laughs> Apologize. I'm back. So, yeah, so, um, like, that little tangent I just want to, that's kind of why I want to do this podcast because uh, I want to talk about all the sort of inside baseball in depth things from the perspective of a drummer and a percussionist uh, in, 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 like, if you want to call it the industry or whatever. Now, the classical stuff that I did was mostly in college, but I mean, the level of, of, Skill that we were trying to attain from our professors and the expectations above us were quite high. Um, so let's let's get let's get into some of the topics that I want to talk about. So, like one of the one of the best things I learned doing doing classical percussion was uh, so. What, all right, you have to show up to your rehearsal right, knowing your part knowing how to play your part and honestly up to speed if you can up to the tempo of the piece which means you might have gotten your music the week prior let's say and now for the first rehearsal you're expected to be able to play that part so what what do you think that means that means you have to get your ass in a in a practice room and you have to go over that part man until you get it and that's 7 days to do that you know you might have to pump in an hour a day for a damn tambourine part or for a damn timpani part and then you know all the things of like oh we're in college you know you have access to instruments stuff like that you know you got to kind of like work together as students to kind of like oh i got to i'm going to get the room for you know for an hour this day or i'm going to get the You know, so you kind of it was it was a great experience in that regard because uh, it it taught you how to work with people on a level of like man if we don't do this if we don't work together right now, even though we might not like each other right now, we got to work together. If we don't, uh, we're gonna we're gonna fucking get chewed out by our professor by the by the conductor, uh, yeah, and that's not good because you'll be replaced, man. Goodbye. Uh, At least in the real world, I mean, if you really slacked. In in an ensemble, uh, rehearsal, uh, college rehearsal thing, uh, college level group, yeah, I could see them. I remember there was a couple people they were just like, I mean, it was just they weren't doing shit. They weren't doing uh, pulling their weight at all, so they were just like, uh, "You're out, goodbye, kick them out of the ensemble." Um, yeah, and so I'm I'm kind of saying that to kind of like show you, man, the per- the pressures of being uh, like, like I mean, specifically a percussionist, man. Oh, man. Um, And as a drummer, uh, you know, this kind of drummer. So that kind of drummer, like, uh, you know, anything in your sort of pop music world, uh, rock, funk, hip-hop, anything like that, you know, it's a little different. The pressures are different, you know. Um. You you have to it I, I gotta say, I think I think uh I think as I think as a drummer versus a percussionist. A percussionist in a in a classical setting at least, uh your expectation, while it is very high, I think is pretty clear. You know? There's a lot of uh I don't know, I think that there's a lot of um ex- examples, recordings and stuff, like like there's a tradition behind a lot of the pieces that you'll play. Uh <clears throat> so let's say you're playing like um Shahrazad or something or oh man duh, this is where i'm going to sound stupid because i can't remember any a lot of the pieces that i played but i played a ton of pieces in like Win, in our wind symphony and the orchestra and uh yeah there were just these like Rhapsody in Blue anything kind of um uh, what's his name ah see there you go i already forgot oh man this is great this is great what the hell is that Rhapsody in Blue who did that american composer Jeez, American in Paris. Whatever you know, if you know it, say it out loud. And okay, if you don't, uh, look it up, Google. I, I don't care. Um, anyway, those those pieces are so iconic to the history of classical music that you can go and find a recording. The recording could be from the fifties of this amazing orchestra. It could be like New York Philharmonic or something like that. It could be f- from the last twenty years, ten years, and you'll have. Um, You'll have a, a very clear reference of what your expectation is, what your part's supposed to sound like. Now, because you're doing, you might be playing like um, a timpani part or tambourine part or something like that, or even a snare drum part. Um, you know, think about it, you're doing one thing. On drum set, however, though, um, you got to remember that. For drum set, you're doing, obviously, you're, you're moving like four limbs a, a lot of the time, three, four limbs, your, your hands, your feet, you know, bass drum with your right foot, you know, um, and then your right hand is doing something like this on the hi-hat. Snare drum's doing... And then you put them all together... And you're co- now coordinating all these things all at once. Uh, now, putting those, getting those coordinations together is quite difficult at first. I mean, without a doubt, a lot of people who say, "Oh, I always want to be a drummer," because I'm a teacher, and I hear this all the time, especially from adult students. They'll go, "Oh, I've always wanted to play drums," and I'm finally, I'm finally taking the step. I finally, but then, the, okay, so they're in their first lesson with me, and the first thing they say to me is, "But I'm so uncoordinated." And the first thing I tell them because they're adult students I say by the way I want, I want to just say that thing about you said saying you're uncoordinated is bs complete bullshit and they're like huh and they're almost like taken back by that and I go hear me out I said you know you haven't been shown how to coordinate how to think about this stuff of course of course if I tried to uh I don't know like sprint fucking a mile of course of course you wouldn't see me at the finish line. Of course. A quarter of the way through, if that, you'd see me at the side, you know, of the of the of the road puking. Of course, cuz I didn't get anybody's input on how to like go about it, right? So, yeah, as a drummer, the the actual coordination is 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 difficult at first. When you get to the court when you get the coordination, you're able to put patterns together. That's believe it or not. I mean, that's that's still not enough, because it's like it's like this. If if you live in the New York area, or even East Coast, New Jersey, um, <clears throat> in Boston, whatever, uh, you you pretty much know what good pizza is. If you, it, it, that's well, that's if you don't order from Domino's and Pizza Hut and. Papa John's. Ugh. God, I wish I had a soundboard for just somebody vomiting. That's not, that's not pizza, man. That's like fast food shit, dude. Like, would you order fast food sushi? Right? Some people would. But most people, if you really know anything about sushi in terms of its, like, quality, yeah, you wouldn't order fast food sushi, right? So, um in that in that regard pizza is the same way so the 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 dough has to be prepared a certain way the sauce on the pizza has to be have, have a certain flavor to it you know the acidic nature of the tomatoes with the maybe the floral herbal uh essences of like the basil maybe and some people like oregano some people like some thyme in there you know what i mean the garlic oh yeah man Ah, yeah, now now I'm drooling, thinking about this. So it's the same way on the drum set. You know, you have to hit the hi-hat a certain way. You have to hit the snare drum a certain way, you know? And, like, it might be a certain... Not every hit is going to be the same. Some hits are going to be softer than others, right? Um, And then it's got to be so consistent in terms of the rhythm and the timing that... A feeling is produced, and it's sort of like this, this energy, like this. Um, imagine when you turn on. Here's a good one. Imagine when you turn on your car. Right, you put the engine on. Now it's fucking, it's it's running. You back up, and then you just press the gas, and you're you're on your way. You're not thinking about putting all of those things together, all of those pieces together, to just get the car running. You just, in your mind, it, uh, these auto, automobiles are, are so brilliant that we just hit the gas. It's so simple. That's what it has to feel like when you play drums. It has to feel like that. So there's a lot of pressure on a drummer to be able to be that vehicle, to be that automobile, where you have your band members in your car and you are driving you're driving them, you're moving this vehicle, right? And the road is the music, is the song. Now, if you are driving them in a goddamn monster truck, right? Meaning you're playing like. Oh, I'm so, I hope that was like uncomfortable because that's my point. If you're playing like that way on a singer songwriter song, like something softer than an acoustic guitar you're not doing your job it doesn't matter how good it by itself sounds it just doesn't so you have there's these like expectations of you have to know now that was my whole point of this whole thing by the way that's going to be this podcast man just tangents and tangents and getting back on track so now that we're back on track classical percussionist has the pressure of like that right you have to be super um precise. Cool. All right. But drummers maybe maybe have a different type of pressure. And the pressure is knowing how to make the song feel good, feel better, sound better. Um, I mean, it should be like when you start playing, the listener shouldn't be thinking, do I like this? That's really the goal. It should be like... They should just be moving to it or nodding their head. That's really the ultimate goal. Uh, humming to it even, like, you know, picking up the lyrics and starting to sing the next chorus the next time it comes around. Believe it or not, the drummer is part of that process. You, you, you are an ingredient on the plate, right? You are an ingredient uh, of that pizza, right? Um, now, the only way to attain that knowledge, man, I got to tell you is, first of all, the number one thing, And this is in my experience, and maybe others. You know, I'm okay with being challenged uh, on these th- these things I'm saying, but like, I think listening, deep listening, listening to the to the, listening to the. I'm going to call it the distant details. Right, those de- those details that are not in the picture. They're not. If you're looking at a photo. Like, if the photo is of a bunch of people standing and smiling, posing for a picture, what's in the background of that picture? What's behind them? Oh, they're in a backyard, and there's oh, there's woods behind them. What's what's back there? Oh, look, kind of there's some bushes, and oh, look, there's like an apple tree. You know, I'm just rambling here, but but that's the kind of you want to know. You have to deeply listen to that to that song, to that music, to really pick up um, trends. That's really what you're looking for too, right? And and now depending on what kind of music you're listening to, genre ish, you know, rock, um, even like like pop music from the '80s is different from pop music from the '90s, and so on and so on, and so forth and so on. And I don't even know how to say that, whatever. Um, you know there there are these there are these trends that you could pick up on these consistencies. Uh, once you pick start remembering. And storing, oh, I just hit the mic. See, I'm really bad at this already. I got a mic in front of me. A drummer with a mic in front of him is dangerous. It's one of those things. If I if I walk in a room and, and there's a band playing and I see a, a drummer with a mic in front of him or her, I get nervous. I go, oh God, am I going to walk out? Am I going to want to walk out in five minutes? Then the whole night is me fighting. Oh no, just give him a chance. Nah, fuck this. I don't want to listen to this bullshit. All right, anyway. Back on track. So picking up the the picking up the trends of what a drummer does in certain musical situations stylistically, right? Um, and and there, man, I, I got to tell you, there are so many of these from jazz, right, all the way to man, um, fucking bluegrass, even to uh, to you know. Like what? What uh, Questlove does on on the Tonight Show? He's a great example, actually, of of a guy so detailed, so detailed. He, as a drum set player, is he became such a detail oriented drum set player. Drum set player. <laughs> he's a he, he's a guitar player. He plays the yeah. Anyway, that was lame. The, the drum set player, a drummer. A, a drummer, Anthony. Move on. He, as a drummer, is so de- was so detail-oriented because he was playing hip-hop and he was replicating drum machines, pretty much, or samples, even, right? Something like... That was my trying to fill in the uh, rapping of a song. So it was, it was great. It was great. It was great. Uh, yeah, but did you see how the beat stopped and then ba 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 da ba da ba? And then I came back in with the, with the snare drum on count two, right? This is all one. I'm sorry, I was so wrong. It was count four. So sorry. So, yeah, so one of that's like a typical hip hop thing. I picked up on that shit just from listening, you know, like i would I would hear I'm, and it you know, who knows where the hell I was when I was listening to hip hop, but when I was a teenager and I didn't really listen to hip hop, but i would I would hear it from like you know, I'd be getting a haircut and a song would come on, and I'd pick up on all these trends like oh, I like this beat, I don't know if I like this song, but I like this beat, that was always the thing. I'm different now, I actually am way more open minded, but uh that's one of those trends like now if you're if you're listening to let's say this new hip-hop stuff i'm gonna grab some all right i just got one of my trinkets here so i don't know if you could hear that but if you listen to the new hip-hop stuff like the the trap stuff I'm pretty sure all of you know that type of beat. That could be even faster, like... Now, even that... that that's the... Those, I guess, 808? I guess that's the 808 um, drum machine hi-hats. And, uh, yeah, that's very... Um, that's a very... Um, uh, consistent thing you hear in, in, in the new trip, uh, trap hip-hop stuff, which is, like, they they make the speed of the high, it's like, you know, and you'll hear different, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. So those little details, right? They help make the, the song special, uh, interesting, definitely interesting, without a doubt. Um, those little details, yeah. As a drummer, you 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 kind of learn the trend of that. Now, what's really cool about nowadays, and it's very exciting. the Last like I would say, decade of, of drumming has been very exciting. I've always been a drum nerd, so I've always kind of looking at you know what are what are the top drummers doing. Now, when I started getting into this stuff when I was a teenager, I, I mean I I think the the top drumming stuff that I kept seeing a lot in the drum community, we'll say, the inter- with the internet, passing videos back and forth, posting, you know, videos on like a forum or something of a drummer playing. Um a lot of it was like Dave Weckl and you'd see a lot of Vinny Caluda and Steve Steve Gadd and Vinnie Caldiuta. I-, I absolutely love those drummers. Dave Weckl I I used to love too. Um as I've gotten you know, as I've gotten older and developed my taste more, I I like Vinny and 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 Steve Gadd better than way better than Weckle. And no, you know, no dissing Weckle. Weckle's in an insanely good drummer. Talk about consistency and clarity. He plays like butter. It's the smoothest, smoothest stuff. And his time is impeccable, right? Now I could say the same for Vinny and and, and Steve Gadd in a in a certain light too, but those two like Steve and and, and Vinny are known for playing with like Mainstream pop and rock and and like icons, like like I know Vinny has played uh, with uh, with Sting, um, Steve Gatt has played with like he's on so many recordings of like uh, was it Paul Simon and uh, I I can't think of the their discography right now but or whatever the hell that is. Either way, um, but. The, the point of this was to show you what it, what the trend was in, in the drum community. It was like a lot of licks, a lot of fills, big drum sets, double bass drum pattern, pedals, I mean patterns. Like Thomas Lang, for instance, when he came out with his like first DVD or whatever, this guy had like six pedals, man, below him, dude. He had a snare drum. A snare drum turned sideways at th- and then there was a pedal attached to it. And he had multiple hi-hat, cymbals pedals and then multiple bass i mean jesus christ and now i'm like not judging him like oh this fucking guy then because then he discovered something he had an interest he fucking went with it was playing like seven patterns with his feet or whatever and then like five patterns with his incredible incredible technician and and uh i'll say his execution of everything he played was fucking insanely consistent in time. It incredible, incredible the patterns he would do. I would never I wouldn't never succeed in in some of those patterns he did. Because I, I don't know. I just I don't know if I have it in me to to get that coordinated, right? But that stuff, I can even throw out like Marco Miniman was was a guy i remember um uh Thomas Pridge i kind of remember like being one of those types just flying on the drums. Uh i could probably name a bunch more but that was the trend. Um in the last decade for sure, maybe even a little more, it has changed and shifted the the so i th- here's what i think happened. I think with drummers when electronic music like sample-based music, or 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 even that technology, um, but even drum machines and stuff. When that started to become more of a of a, a go-to production tool for making albums, making especially hit songs like for pop music. When drummers basically started to be replaced by these drum machines, and the studio working drummer. Um, you know started when those jobs started to disappear, and the guys who were the most known, the most you know, like people like Steve Jordan, stayed working. You know what I mean? For instance, he's a, an incredible drummer, huge influence on me for sure. He, he changed my life. Uh, his DVD changed my life for sure. Um, yeah, people like him, I think Vinny still did some studios, a lot of studio stuff. Um, yeah, so anybody who was, like, super consistent and easy to work with, I imagine, um, kept getting work, and if you were, you know, not so, not anywhere close to as high up on that, on that, on that ladder, you you didn't get work, apparently. Now, this is, I've heard this from conversations from drummers older than me, more experienced. Um, now, um, you know, what do you do? In that situation, if it's like, you know, if it's like the year 2000, right? Or probably, probably st- it might have even started in maybe slightly prior to the new millennium. But if you're, yeah, if you're a drummer and, give me a sec. If you're a drummer and you've been working or you're trying to get into that industry and now the work starts to go away, what the fuck are you supposed to do? Right? Um. We didn't have soft. We didn't have access to the software like we do now. So I have. I have an iPad next to me. My iPad is linked up to my uh, music recording software. My musical recording software, Logic, on my MacBook, which is across the room, and I'm looking at a, a studio. Uh, I'm sorry. A, a monitor screen, and I can control everything from his iPad. This technology did not exist then. On this iPad is GarageBand, an app, music app, music software, and I can create beats like that you have no idea and like is it the 110 percent best quality no but it's still pretty damn good that shit didn't exist you know even on your laptop even on your desktop computer you needed you needed a powerful machine to be able to run that software effectively and then even the um the hardware that's that you needed to plug your, let's say, your mics into, or or whatever, or whatever your your compressors and out, all that stuff into. It wasn't very accessible. You know, there was a knowledge base that you needed to attain um, to be able to do that stuff. So for these drummers, man, I I know you could feel for them in a way. Like, geez, what do you do? So anyway, back to the point was in the last ten years, what because of this there i'm going to say there are, i'm going to say individuals cuz i don't i don't know if it was collectively i think individuals out there were like you know what fuck it because they were like this music that's coming out being created with drum machines while it is putting us out of work it's cool as shit you know like that trap stuff i played before you know i mean like if i heard that then and I was a working drummer, but losing work or trying to get work. I heard that. I, I mean, as much as I'd be like, oh, God, I, I probably could have played something like that, but I I would have been like, that's that sounds cool, though. And I like the sounds that they picked and those very tight, like, <tothed noise> um, that was terrible. <clears throat> uh, those those the 808 snare drum sounds, those 808 bass drum sounds, like. They're they're very uh, the tre- they're very trending to that music, and and you almost you almost kind of could say like well, man without those particular samples and sounds would it be would it have been as successful? Um, so these drummers started to go you know what that is cool I'm gonna try to learn that stuff I'm gonna try to play like that um, so that the, the- you know, like if if they started, let's say, I mean, I'm trying to create a situation in my mind of like what would have happened, but like with the with the Questlove is a great example of this. They had band members like a bass player, keyboard player, guitar player who are incredible and were able to re- recreate things on the spot, kind of like they do on the show, on on the Tonight Show. They're able to play anything right now. Uh, they know the instrument so well that yeah. They know their craft so well. So Quest love having to create these these uh, hip-hop beats, man. Like Oh man, let me try to get one. That's just an example. that came to my head. That may not be a specific thing, but um, that he did, but that, that came to my head. That would be something that you would hear like a sample of a beat from a song. And I feel like, and it started to to me too. I sort of go, man, that sounds so fucking good. I, I just want to learn it. I mean, I don't know what I would do with it, but most of the the, the people I was playing with, uh, was more rock oriented music or even they're trying to do some like funk stuff, but no one was trying to do electronic sounding music, inspired music, or even hip hop sample inspired music. Um, Another example of this is I love I love like drum and bass and jungle type music I lo- um, I love those beats Oh my God they're so cool But like this is an example Right I loved it so much and it they sampled drummers from the olden days in the sixties and the seventies You should look up the Amen break the Amen break look that look that up And there's a band called the Winstons that were sampled over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over, and over again uh, This beat uh, actually, it really sounds like this. Right? Drum and bass is faster, though. And they even got even faster than that. And then eventually they learned how to like manipulate the beat to get. So I won't play it because I'll probably fuck it up. But instead of boom boom get the boom boom cat they would they would learn how to like repeat certain things. So it was like bam, boom 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 cat bon, Let's say boom boom. Let's say they cut it up. So they pressed the button. Boom boom, boom boom. If I went, if I tap that button, boom 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 boom, it would just start over and over again. So even like you know what I mean, or whatever. So boom boom kat kat boom 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 kat cut. That's what they learned how to do on on uh with the software, right? Or with the drum machine. So a, a drummer named like JoJo Mayer, for instance. I got a cough again, let me say. <coughs> Drummer named Jojo Mayer learned how to. Um, oh wow, you can hear the sickness in my voice. He learned how to do that stuff just by listening, listening deeply, listening to those details, and trying to recreate those details in real life and manifest it on the drum set. And it 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 takes an incredible amount of skill to be that uh, detailed and consistent. And now you go check him out, Jojo Mayer and Nerve. Holy shit, man! It, I've been I've been checking them out for like. Almost a decade in going to see them live in, in the city, uh, New York City. Incredible shows. They improvise. They improvise based on loose loose structures or loose ideas, and all inspired by electronic music. It's all it's all their original material, but again, inspired by electronic music. Um, in absolutely incredible. Uh, so anyway, individuals like him, Questlove, and I'm going to name a few more names: Chris Dave. Uh, Chris Dave is, I, I would say he's very known for playing with D'Angelo, touring with D'Angelo. Uh, and I, I mean, I know him from Robert Glasper experience, or experiment, I'm sorry. Robert Glasper experiment. Derek Hodge on the bass, you know. Uh, Chris Dave on drum, Holy shit, those two. And then obviously Robert Glasper on keys.
1: But holy shit,
0: man. So that guy was able to Recreate a lot, of, a lot of cool ideas uh, in terms of, of uh, like doing hip hop stuff, um, and and electronic oriented beats. Like yeah, I, I want everybody to go and just go type in Chris Dave drums, and just, and just have fun. You're welcome. You're welcome. Go go watch some videos of him playing. He is absolutely incredible um nate smith is another guy that comes to mind you know and you know not in terms of the last like 10 or 10 or maybe 10 years but but like he kind of sprung about like uh as this was all bubbling up i mean i mean he's been playing for a long time but but he's one of those guys like when i heard when i started seeing his his viral uh cell phone videos basically uh he was playing with a guy oh man what was the guy's name jose james is that is that am i right am i right about that anyway that guy was a singer vocalist and he was playing for this guy and he would be he'd he'd have this incredible band behind him nate drum uh nate nate smith nate smith did i say that i hope i said that right nate smith nate smith on drums yes he he would give nate smith and uh like a drum solo take a take a drum solo now nate smith could have easily been like one of these drum solos like started jerking off and playing licks that nobody nobody in that audience understands no he started he would do shit like like what's one of his beats I saw him do this a couple weeks ago on a video it was like it was like I mean I don't even I don't even know if I was able to recreate that in the best way probably definitely not let's just Why did I even say that? Definitely not. Go check him out. But yeah, he was able to. So that is like this this type of hip hop sound, like like almost like a break beat, what they call it. Break dancers would, would, you know, would if you can imagine break dancers right doing their thing, spinning around on their head or whatever. That would be the type of beat, and he was able to recreate that. And again, the details and the consistency. It's all in the details and the consistency. Um, Incredible. And I'm gonna try to let me try to think of like trying to think of like at least two more drummers that that helped get to where I'm basically talking about this this where we are now in terms of like drummer being a drummer uh on the drum kit um what you're sort of expected to do um let's see another drummer I would say Mark Juliana yeah Mark Juliana was very cool at like uh he's very um he's a different type of drummer when I saw him I was like this guy is doing shit I've never seen with Barely any gear. I'd see him with a kick, snare, uh, hat, a floor tom with, like, a thing on it. It could be, and it would be, like, a little bell or something like that or a trinket, you know. I mean, and then, like, he would have one symbol, one, like, a ride symbol and a crash or something, maybe, like, a small pair of hi-hats, but no rack tom, you know. And what he would do with that small setup, I, I, no joke, I the day I die, I could say this as a truth. I had never heard patterns being played uh like what he did on that small setup. And and I and I'm gonna say this. But remember I was talking about back like you know 20 years ago and when I started as a teenager, you know, the trends of 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 uh, the drum community when I was a teenager was licks, big drum sets, you know, like gotta have six toms and uh, you know two floor toms and three rack toms whatever and then uh, all these trinkets and no oh, roto toms cool yeah 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 totally and double kick i gotta tell you the patterns that i when i started seeing mark Juliana play i had never seen anything so i'm gonna say the, i'm gonna try to find the right word to describe this but while i would see these bigger drum set lick oriented drummers play some incredible shit. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I could sit here and say, I can't play any of that crap. But I don't want to play any of that stuff. That's yeah that's, that's another point too. But I would see that and I go, that's incredible. But then when I would see when I saw him years later, Mark Juliana started to really um get hot. You know, anything he was a part of, you know, playing with Now versus now with Jason Linder. Um his own project beat music um you know he played with uh fuck that's that guy uh avishai cohen um, bassist um that's more jazz but he would be playing these patterns that i had never heard ever uh and especially with those other guys who were the guys who were playing licks the guys who are known for for playing all this technical shit and part of that trend so as soon as somebody like Mark Juliana sits on a a three piece drum set, kick, snare, uh, and floor tom with some cymbals, and he starts playing shit that you've never heard, that just to every drummer goes, oh, okay, all right, we all got too comfortable. We all got, we all forgot about. It was almost like we all forgot how to make music. You know what I mean? We all, we all have been, we all have been trying to make." peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with fucking like almond or or you know nut, nut butter and jelly sandwiches and jam sandwiches with like some fucking fancy ass like this is a reduction of peanuts and almonds and cashews and with a, um, a pomegranate blueberry and acai berry no just take the fucking local peanut butter and the fucking jam and nice pieces of bread. You know what I mean? Like he, back to the roots of where the drum set started, just the way he was able to create new patterns, I guess is the way he practiced. And if you, if you buy his book, it's, he, he goes into it in detail. Pretty cool, actually. Um, he was able to create uh, patterns that were sort of like a new, it was like a new language on the drums. And now here's, by the way, I didn't even get to this part yet is that he would do this while improvising like with a group and they're playing a tune and so this would be and he would be holding down a groove but he would be improvising in in and out of this groove you would never not be rocking your head while he was playing the the music never ceased to be energetic and have have a have a groove or a pulse and it it created it stimulated the conversation between among the musicians which is a whole other topic i'll do on episode 2 probably get into that which is having conversation on stage with people you're playing with and communicating but he flipped everything on on its I feel like he flipped everything on on its head. Same with somebody like uh, Zach Danziger, definitely too. So, and then anyway, the, the whole point I was talking about electronic music influencing and sampled music influencing drummers and blah blah blah. Um, with with Mark and his his uh, group, beat music, he definitely went down that road of of you know replicating sample based music and was hugely successful. I remember going to see him and that group, beat music, at Rock, Rockwood Music Hall, stage two. Uh, yeah years ago m- multiple times and fucking it was it, incredible incredible um, so that 's where we 're at now it, as as drummers now you have drummers like and it, and it these individuals have have give given birth to a new a new community a new thriving community now with with social networking uh and social social media platforms such as especially Instagram and YouTube obviously is like sort of social, but being able to put up content, I guess is what I mean. Uh, you have drummers. I'm going to throw out a bunch of them. Brody Brody Simpson is like the first guy I think of. He is a, I think he's from Australia. I think he is. He's like a, uh, uh, an audio engineer, I think too. He's got that, you know, he can he can record like like uh, really great-sounding drums. And he not only knows how to do that, but like in in your traditional sense, but he also knows how to create drum tracks that sound like they were samples on a hip-hop or electronic music tune. And And his consistency is incredible. Incredible! And the patterns that he puts together would have me doing a lot of homework, man. A lot of homework. So yeah, he's very inspiring in that regard. Let's try to think of some other drummers that have blown me away in terms of that type of world. Um, I said Nate Smith, right? Yes. Um, I'm going to try, I'll just try to think of, cause I'll be, you'll be hearing me think going, Ooh, uh. I'm just think one, one or two more. Um, All right, I'll say, uh, I think, excuse me, (coughs) so sorry, I think, um, oh, um, yeah, uh, Lewis Cole from Nowhere, great band, fun band, never seen a band like that, dude, never seen a band, never saw video content like that, dude, go check them out, super special. Super unique. There, there will only be one knower and Lewis Cole. Go check him out. But yeah, very good, very good, very good drummer, and he's very good at at um, replicating electronic inspired sample inspired um, drum beats. Really good. Him and then I thought of one more, and I'll I'll just I'm going to play something at the end. Just something that uh, yeah, just to play for you. And that'll be the end. Um, uh, I think they call him Lenny the Ox. Lenny, Lenny the Ox. I, I forget his last name, but <clears throat> just go, just go type that in, Lenny the Ox or something like that. Drummer. He, oh my god. He, he, he. Uh, I saw his videos at, at a at a a moment where I thought, okay, I, there's nothing new. And then, and then I saw his videos. I'm like, "Fuck, was I wrong?" Yeah, he, he um, doing really crazy. I'm gonna say glitch beat type things, which means you know when you're listening to the music and you'll hear you hear like a beat. I'm gonna try beatbox. I like the beatbox a lot, by the way. I'm always doing it. I, I do it when I don't know why I'm doing it. But let's say you're hearing. you know, I don't know how well you're going to hear that, but there were these things in there that I could have kept playing the beat and just kept that going. But there were these like decorations of like, you know, imagine uh, going in and out of consciousness in terms of like a dream state where you're just like, you're here and you're having a conversation with somebody. And all of a sudden you trip out and go into some weird like fucking extraterrestrial world and then you're there for a second like what what the fuck and then you're back into the conversation imagine that visually and that's what the music kind of sounds like but it's super consistent and you're and it doesn't interrupt the the pulse of the music that is by the way this is my interpretation of what lenny the ox does on the drum set and it, it doesn't even scratch the surface of what he does you got to check him out really cool really inspiring shit totally made me go okay Got to get back to work. I don't even know where to start, but yeah. So that's where we're at now in terms of drummers. Uh, And I feel like the expectation now is different. So the expectation, while it has always been the same, ready? This is is what has never changed. Serve the song. Serve the music that you're playing and the musicians you're playing with. Know your role. Your role is support. 100% support. And that means playing dynamically. Oh, my God. The most important thing. Do not play loud for the sake of playing loud. You know, have, have, a, have a wide dynamic range. Because you might have to while out and play... I mean i just went from really loud to very soft but that could have been the end of a chorus into a second verse or a third verse or something like that and then the singers the voices goes from screaming that's that's how i sing to like this all right that's how i sing uh but in terms of the volume um and as a German, you have to, you have to, you have to, st- you have to ride those waves. You have to, you have to read that wave. Kind of like I, I imagine what surfing is like, I've tried it and I suck. It's hard. I got, basically it was like a wrestling match between me and the waves. And I, I just was being fucking body slammed constantly. Uh, until I almost vomited from the uh, motion sickness of the waves. That's a true story. So yeah. So anyway, um, you have to learn how to read where the music's going. This could all, depending on what type of music you're playing, if it's jazz-oriented, imp- any sort of impro- improvised thing, it could all fluctuate depending on the decisions that whoever's in, you know, whoever you're following, singer. Most of the time, especially if the singer's playing an instrument and accompanying themselves like on piano or, or um, guitar, yeah, you have to be you have to be present so support, support, make a structure, create a structure around the singer, the melody, the harmony, the riff, pattern, ry- rhythm, uh, vibe, all these words really honestly, you could use all of them. And if you're a pro musician, pro level musician, and you understand what I'm talking about, you're like, "Yep, yep, he's right, he's right, he's right." And if you don't, if you don't know, if you're if you're if you just play as a hobby, you know, just start to start to try to listen that way for for with the words that I'm using, right? Try to listen that way deeply, deeply listen. Listen to trends. Try to pick up trends. That will make you better. Developing your ear will. Absolutely make you a better musician, without a doubt. Um, so that's that's the role of a drummer. That's the expectation. And nowadays you are sort of expected to be able to sit in musical situations like groove oriented situations and hey man, give me give me something like I've I've had people go like, Hey man, can you give me something like uh do you know that song Um Flashing Lights by by Kanye? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, of course can you give me a beat kind of like that or a vibe kind of like that? And now I have to go and first of all, I have to know that song like that. That number one is a reference. I should know most drummers I think should know it because in terms of the beat, it is unique, very unique, fucking really cool, man. Really cool. As much As much as I don't really like Kanye as a person, he seems like a fucking asshole to me. Um, that his, his, his beats are cool. His his production is cool. Same with that song, uh, Power. You know, very cool. Um, But yeah, you need to be able to uh, recreate these trends. Um, The better that you are at that type of stuff, the more, we'll we'll call it, if you were a, what's that thing called? A pocket knife or um, Swiss Army knife? Yeah, the more attachments that you have, right? And, Key fucking point here Because what will separate us As Swiss Army Knives As drummers Will be We could say Oh I have this big Fucking drum set With all these Fucking useless things Oh you, wait You didn't want I have six different pitches On Tom's You know you don't need that For your singer or song or song I have two kick drums No you don't, you don't need that It's a Swiss Army Knife Basically I have all these things It's like, motherfucker, that shit doesn't matter to the song. You know? So the Swiss Army knife idea is more towards like, what can you do? What can you provide? You know, what appendages do you have on that Swiss Army knife that is useful musically, Mm. right? And that could be be trying to, um, like, I mean, this is a cool thing I, I really like, but you turn the snares off like this. All right. I'm going to reference Bernard Purdy for what I'm doing here. So I have I'm playing cross stick but I'm also these are my fingers, right? So cross stick is just go look it up, but if you don't know what it is, but I'm playing this hi-hat beat. Hi-hat kicks near hi-hat beat. you know i don't know if that if you were able to hear that but i'm doing all these fancy little like ghost notey things in between the main hits of the snare which is right and it's going in in between the kick what the kick drum is doing the hi hat and then, and then obviously those those uh rim rim hits um so those little fine little details right Mm -hmm. if i'm really slick with it um let's see if i can all right here's where we get interesting give me a second these big fat snare drum things by the way they're definitely not a sponsor I'm nobody, but um, these things are fucking amazing, man. Listen to that. I just put this big, fast snare drum on the, on my snare. This is what it sounded like before. And now with it on, it lowered the pitch, man. If I put the snares on, listen to that. Here's with it off. And then with it on. So cool. So anyway, what I would do... um. Is Here, I, I got a cool thing I'm going to do. Give me one sec. Uh, All right, so I got a tambourine thing. Now, I'm going to play. I'm, I wanted this like kind of sound. So... This is what's in my head right now. Let's say the beat was like a Sorry, that whole time I was trying to like put together this pattern in my head. So I had a beat in my head. I was trying to recreate it. But anyway, the point was. I'm trying. Anyway, if you get the gist. But I had these textures. I had these like certain sounds in my head that somebody... Who was a producer would have just went on their fucking laptop, uh, and into their music software, and they would have picked out those sounds specifically, and then just arranged them in, in you know. But the thing is, is I, I and this is my whole this is how I'm going to wrap this whole thing up. I as a drummer now, and I think other drummers, I'm definitely not alone, and I'm so glad I'm not alone because I think it's a, it's an amazing time to be a drummer. There's so much opportunity. Um, we've been sort of given given a gift. Uh, which is from those individuals that all of them I mentioned, Jojo Mayer, Mark Juliana, Chris Dave, Questlove, uh, Nate Smith, and all, I'm sorry, whoever, I can't remember anymore, but um, they've given us a gift in just being fucking pioneers and being ballsy and and putting in the fucking work, man, uh, is that now we could think as producers, as drummers. There's no fucking reason why, as we're not beat makers, There's no reason why a drummer cannot become a beat maker. You know, there's no there's no reason why. The difference though is we still think like drummers, but beat makers and producers who weren't drummers making beats did not weren't. um, This is this is an interesting sort of thing, and this is where I think this is where I think we were blessed. They didn't think like drummers, meaning they didn't think with my right foot is my kick, my left foot's the hi hat going up and down. And then my right hand's going to play on this, and my left hand. They weren't tied with four limbs; they could do whatever they want. They can have as many layers as they wanted. So that's really cool. So as drummers, we were challenged in that way of like, okay, well, let's say there's six layers, but I have four limbs. So what are the most important? This is where that deep listening comes in. Those deep, that detail-oriented listening. <clears throat> Excuse me. <coughs> Goddamn cold. Every fucking November, I get cold. I get a cold, man. And guess what? Today's November 1st. <sighs> so anyway, um, we, they were not tied to thinking about four limbs like we are. So we now have to hear their beat, right? And okay, there's six layers going on here, but I only have four limbs. What can I do? So what are the most important sounds that are sticking out? And what are the sounds that are really, they're there, but they're not important to the groove. And then you kind of trim the fat, as Dave Elitch likes to say, Good, great drummer great teacher um trim the fat of what's not important and now you're still don't get me wrong you're still gonna be faced with a challenge in terms, of the, in terms of the coordination and not only that but remember what i was talking about before at the very beginning which probably was three hours ago it feels like so sorry um which is the the um you get the pattern and you get the coordination but it's still not enough right you still have to make that thing feel like a moving vehicle like a working, dependable moving vehicle it can't sound like something that needs to go back to the shop. It can't feel like that as a beat so <coughs> excuse me so there's a lot of groundwork to do there's a lot of a lot of practicing to do, but I look at it as opportunity it's not it's not work, it's sort of opportunity right uh, and now with the ability to upload your own content to the internet, I mean Jesus Christ, you know. you're you're giving sort of uh, this community of drummers are giving each other ideas and inspiring new ones. And it's beautiful. It's an absolutely beautiful time uh, to be a drummer. So anyway, um, that's kind of where drummers are at today. That's what the expectations and the um, trends of being a drummer, that's where we're at. And it's a good place to be because it has to do with, and here's again the main point, it has to do with what does the music require? Culturally, what is happening musically, what is required of not just drummers, but rhythm. Rhythm, uh, dance or um, music to inspire dance and movement. What are we looking for? What, is, what do people expect culturally now? Uh, and maybe this will change in like five years or ten years. But right now, if you're really paying attention, man, uh, and staying present, um, you could pick up on this stuff. And just because you play the acoustic drum set, that doesn't mean that you can't be a beat maker on your instrument. And that doesn't mean that you can't be. By the way, remember, notice how I didn't talk about how you know producers aren't tied to their limbs like we are, but we also think about music way differently. And so there, I imagine there's there's a, a, a small alleyway in between the two buildings where we own as as drummers as technicians as as um, we we actually have to physically play these things and we can't just loop something and just sit back and listen to it we actually have to play it over and over and over and over again and listen to it as we're playing it so that there's a whole skill there that that's developed that I would I imagine a producer doesn't have to develop no and I'm not talking shit you know, but I think that's the truth. Uh, and that's why I think drummers and producers work well together. Uh, if they personally can get along, then they will work well together for sure. Uh, we speak, we definitely speak to each other. We spy, inspire each other. I can't tell you how many producers, uh, people who make beats I've, I've talked to and I've met along the way who have played me examples of their music or I've heard, you know, their songs and was just like, holy shit, dude, I love what you're doing. And then, uh, And then they would hear me play and they're like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Oh my God. You know, like, like I I really love what you're doing, man. Holy shit. I didn't expect that. And, and that's, I think another thing too. Can you bring something new to the table uh, when it comes to uh, being a drummer nowadays? Can you, can you sort of, um, can you, if the expectations are five things on the list, can you bring eight things and now the people you're working with are like, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. This dude or this chick brought, this is all we needed, and now we also have this, these other things available to us because of the work they did. And, and that's what it's really about. By the way, if there's no passion behind what you're doing on the drum set, then maybe, the, you, know, maybe you won't care about this stuff. But if you're passionate about it, you know those, you know those uh, people who can't turn the funny off? They're always joking around, always, you know, doing, uh, riffs and shit, uh, and being silly. I love those people, by the way. And there's so many comedians. I'm a big comedy fan. There's so many comedians I can think of right now who, who are like that. That is me when it comes to, um, drums and, and music, like, or music, music, let's be honest, music. I think music, I, I think about music more than I think about drums. How about that? But, um, I, I can never turn it off. It's constantly going. If I'm hearing, even if I'm hearing some acoustic music, uh, where it's just a, a songwriter and, and their guitar or piano, you know, all all of the things that that I would that, that those details that I would listen to, I would, the same thing. I would listen to those details on those songs too. So I'm always thinking about trends and or or picking up, um, storing these on my brain hard drive these trends that I hear um, and then it inspires my my creative juices, you know what I mean um, So yeah, so be a musician before you be a drummer. I think that's maybe the best advice that I have for you. be a musician. don't don't just be a drummer, be a musician. listen to the other parts. Listen to the bass. Listen to the guitar. Listen to the piano. Listen to the synth patch that's on there. Listen to the the, the uh, swells and the fucking for effect. And listen to the you know what? Oh, what kind of um, they have this cool reverb on the vocals? You know, listen to all that shit. Just, just, just note that it's there. Store it. It will help you somewhere along the lines. It will help you. All right, and I think that's it. Uh, this podcast has been brought to you by Floating Symbols. Uh, there's a Kickstarter out right now for floating cymbals. Um, yeah, I mean the uh, it's a new technology. You know, instead of simple stands, you just throw your cymbals up in the air and they hover. Man, it's a fucking dream. It's a dream of mine. And then once they get the floating cymbals off the ground, haha, no pun intended. Then um, then they're gonna have, we're gonna have floating drums. So no no hardware at all. It's gonna be great. Uh, the uh, right now you gotta you gotta go online though and, and you gotta donate. they gotta raise uh, about a billion dollars so uh go 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 uh yeah go pay go pay them uh and then the projected date of uh release is 2035 so um yeah get on it everybody uh and also uh this has been brought to you by uh single origin coffee Oh, delicious I love single origin coffee By the way, those aren't sponsors, they're just jokes. Uh, Yeah, this was Badum Biz, episode one. Thanks, my name is Anthony Frida. Have a good day. Badum.